Good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining me in another episode of the Thriving on Fat podcast. As always, I'm your host, Megan, and today will be a solo episode. We will be talking and continuing our conversation on the uh, chronic inflammation. Yesterday we talked, or not yesterday, last Friday we talked about chronic inflammation and diet and how those two can be or can interplay today we'll be talking about chronic inflammation through the guy through the eyes of sleep because if you don't have proper sleep you're going to end up with chronic inflammation which ends up you know damaging you in other metabolic ways that are not so bueno so just as a brief disclaimer, well not really a disclaimer, but so you understand where I'm coming from. So I've tried recording this podcast like three to five times, give or take. And the first few times I sounded like a robot. And the last two times I sounded slightly less like a robot, but I ended up not sounding like a robot, but just not sounding good and I was listening to the audio recordings and I just wanted to gouge my eyes out because I just sounded I don't just off so I'm going to try to record this again and I think the main problem I had is that I was going off and reading verbatim like I did with the last chronic inflammation episode and I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of it so I'm going to be recording this and doing less of a scripted podcast and more of an off-the-cuff but still addressing the same topic. Anywho, enough about that. Let's get into the show. Let's talk about sleep. So, the main thing is that I really want to drive home and the main point is that during sleep, the reason it's necessary, the reason that it's part of my five pillars of health is because during sleep, we allow ourselves to rest and digest. It is one of the few times our body can actually build itself. We break it, we break our body down all the time, but during rest is one of the times we actually we are actually able to rejuvenate ourselves, to rebuild our broken tissue. And specifically speaking, when we sleep, that's when all of the gains we get from the gym happen because our body can rebuild the broken muscle tissue that we damaged to rebuild it better, faster, and stronger. It's also during sleep that things go from our short-term memory to our long-term memory, meaning all of those study sessions are moot if you don't sleep because then that's when your body's like, when your body is basically going through the internal memories and filing away important documents into specific drawers. So if you don't sleep, that's why if you pull an all-nighter and you go to, to, you know, go for a test the next day and you're like, I just went over this, but I can't think of it. That's why if you pull an all-nighter and you don't sleep, all that study session is basically moot. And so that's why I hammer sleep in this whole entire episode because it is just so very important. And so many of us believe that we're doing the right things. I know I thought I was for a very long time until I learned different, obviously, but I thought it was, I thought it was normal to go to sleep with an overactive mind. 
I thought it was normal to, if you're trying to get to sleep, use drugs to get you there. Hold on, guys. My wife's calling me. Sorry about that. So I'm going to try to get back to where I was. So a lot of the time, we think that when we're having trouble sleeping, all we need to do is use drugs to get there. But the sad fact is that when we rely on you know, external sleep aids to get us to sleep, they're not helping us sleep. They're just knocking us out. And that really didn't, I really didn't realize that until I was listening to a podcast with Dr. Kurt Parsley. And he, he went into the biomechanics of what happens when you knock yourself out with sleep drugs. I thought they were useful, but it turns out Honestly, they're not useful at all because they're not helping your body go through the rest and repair rejuvenating parts of sleep that your body needs. It's not going through all of those uh, different stages of sleep in the proper manner you're supposed to go through. And when you're not allowing your body to do that, like I mentioned, you're not allowing the rest and digest parts of sleep to happen. And if we're hopped up on caffeine you know, two hours before bed and having a hard time getting to sleep and then popping a, you know, prescription sleep aid or over-the-counter sleep aid, it's not doing anything for our actual sleep. It's just making us unconscious. And when you realize that, it, it puts sleep in a whole new perspective. And I really don't want to beat this over the head more than I already am because sleep's important and hopefully with this podcast i can give you some ways to help you sleep better and in later episodes as well as i'll link to um, the sleep a sleep blog or sleep thing i did on my blog and that goes a little bit more into the science behind why we need to sleep but right now i just want to give you some quick actionable tips to get better sleep tonight because that's really what's what's super important because I can tell you that you need to value sleep all day long and I can beat you over the head with it, but if I don't give you actionable takeaways, it's you know sort of like pissing in the wind. And that's part of the reason why I'm doing the uh, re-record of this podcast is because the first time I got caught up explaining the science, but thinking about it, people Yes, they want the science sometimes, but generally speaking, most people just want the the actionable takeaways, the actionable tips. So that's really what I want to drive home in this episode. So basically, the first tip I can give you is that a good night's sleep starts with a good morning. And what I mean by that is when you wake up earlier in the day, you're able to get to sleep that much easier when it comes to getting to sleep at night. Also, when you start your morning out positively and with the right mindset, it's just, it's better, it's overall better just for you. But another good thing to do, especially when it comes to having a good morning, is you want to get as much AM sun on you as you can, as much as you can, even if it's just a minute or two. Because what happens is it resets your circadian rhythm. Your circadian rhythm is basically the 24-hour block that your body goes through for its natural processes. Specifically what happens is your melatonin receptors sort of get 
uh, reflipped almost because what happens is during the day your sorry not serotonin uh, melatonin your melatonin receptors get reset because what happens at night is the reason we start to want to sleep is because of melatonin melatonin is what we need to start the you know the relaxation hormones and to start the uh, beginning cascades of the rest and digest part of sleep and melatonin is uh, light sensitive specifically blue light sensitive and so when you're inundated with blue light morning light you're able to you know ward that off and properly wake up so you get in the sun your melatonin gets you know mitigated and your um, I'm blanking on what the other one is. All right, so your melatonin gets deregulated and your cortisol comes up because when you start, when your body naturally wakes up from sleep, you get a rush of cortisol to help wake you up and then your melatonin comes down. So cortisol is part of the response for you waking up. Cortisol is not always bad. Yes, it's known as the stress hormone, but that's not its only function in the body. It has other very important metabolic processes that we really don't need to get on get into. But for now, it's important to note that cortisol, a spike in cortisol in the morning helps you wake up. And so when you get in the sun, that melatonin is, you know, the sun inhibits, inhibits it, so it goes down. And then it properly recalibrates your circadian 24-hour cycle and so that's why it's important to get some you know that's why it's important to get uh, some am sun the next tip i want to get into is limiting your caffeine some people find it hard that find it hard to fall asleep right after they have caffeine others they could be slipping on caffeine all day long and then pass out whenever so this will have to do so this will come with some trial and error depending upon what kind of person you are and how quickly you metabolize caffeine but as a good rule you want to have caffeine at at least no later than six hours before your bedtime so for example if i go to bed at nine i want to stop drinking caffeine at about three and if i go to bed at 10 ideally you want to try to stop at four and a lot of this can you may have some wiggle room depending upon how you see it affects you some people have to give up caffeine altogether just to help them get to sleep but again this is a very individual thing and you might need to test it but try doing that see if having a caffeine curfew almost helps you get to sleep better but give yourself a week cut it off six hours before you go to bed See if you see any improvements. If you're seeing a little bit of improvement, but not enough improvement, try for a seven hour window, eight hour window until you find your sweet spot. The next tip I wanna, the next chunk of tips are going to be specifically around having a bedtime routine and how your bed, and how a good possible way, of, and how your bedroom should ideally be set up for a good night's sleep. So first off, you want to avoid the glass. Yes, I know this is probably not what you want to hear, but if you can, 60 to 90 minutes before bed, try to be off all tech. And just because 
the TVs, smartphones, tablets, they all emit the same blue light I was talking about before, that I was talking about before, that was beneficial for blunting melatonin. The problem is, is that it's really good at, blue light is really good at blunting melatonin. The problem is that at night, we don't want our melatonin blunted because we want to go, you know, we want to be able to slip into bed and slip into sleep easily. And we can only do that if our melatonin's not, or if our melatonin's being secreted properly. And one way, and one good way to keep it from being emitted is blue light. And if you're not going, and so the main tip here is avoid electronics 60 to 90 minutes before bed. However, I know how difficult it is. So if you're going to use technology before bed, I'm gonna give you a few ways that you can fix it to where you can still have your cake and eat it too, as it were. So one way to block the blue lights in your house is getting something called blue light blockers, block the blue light. The way you can do this depends on how high tech you wanna get. Some people have uh, Philips Hughes lights. Philips Hughes lights, they will, they're almost like <laughs> dimmer switches, but uh, dimmer switches that can be controlled by an app or that are um, time, time triggered. Basically what happens is an amber, amber wavelengths do not emit the same blue light. So with a Philips Hughes light bulb, you can switch it to where the amber light is the only light that's showing and it takes out the blue light. And those cost maybe about 10 to 20 bucks per light, so that's quite a bit expensive. You can also do something, um, you could also wear a blue light blocking pair of glasses which is basically just a pair of hunting glasses or yellow tinted glasses or amber tinted glasses. I bought a pair for two bucks at, no, I think it was, I bought a pair at five bucks at Academy. So you, you don't have to get expensive with these things, but you totally could if you wanna get a nicer pair of glasses that don't look like you're about to go hunting or, you know, something like that. And so these amber, these these blue light blockers help because they allow yourself, your, they allow your body to secrete the melatonin so you're able to get to bed later. If you're not able to get your hands on a pair of the glasses, another thing you can do is most ones, there's a setting that is a blue light filter. So for example, on my Samsung, all I have to do is drag down the screen to where it shows me the time and then I drag it down one more time to where I see all the different settings. And on my phone, there's something called a blue light filter. And I believe iPhones have this as well. Some of the off-brand Sam Samsungs might not have it, so you might have to download an app. And all you do is just blue light blocker app, and you can download it you know, through the app store. But on some phones, you'll actually have a blue light filter that you can put your phone through if you cannot afford the, you know, the glasses. The only problem is, is that you're still dealing with the blue lights that come from the TV or come from the lights, your regular lights, if you don't get like a Philips Hughes or something. Another thing you can do, if you don't choose to do the Philips Hughes, you can actually get an amber light. What I did is I went to Walmart and they have, I went to like the party light section. They had like, um, 
two a pair of I think they're like a 10 watt bulb that wasn't uh, ambered colored so I'll do I'll read by an amber light at night so those are a few options to get the blue light off your phone out of your house and not dealing with it if you're using the computer before dead bed you can use an application that is called f.lux or flux and that application you can download onto I think any computer and it will take out the blue light from your computer so you can do some so you can do some work in the evening without getting too disrupted from the blue lights but moral of the story guys is if you can stay off tech that's super awesome if you can't use a few of these tactics to mitigate the kind of blue light you're getting enough about light <laughs> all right guys we're going to move into the last section of the podcast and i'll be talking about how to set up your room for the best and most optimal sleep so this is just four quick tips i don't want to go too far into each of these i'll just be hitting them at a high level and we'll we'll probably be talking about sleep again so we'll be going into these at least one or two more times but hopefully i can get guests on for that one so i'm not just blathering at you all right so first part of getting your room in the optimal way for sleep is get it dark super dark in there the darker the better really you want it so dark that when you look at your hand with the lights off you can't see it that's how dark you want it next is keep your room cold it should be cold at night so you can you know so you can drift off so you can drift off to sleep better so ideally it'd be about 60 to 68 degrees Fahrenheit you want if you have it too much colder some people find it harder to get to sleep if you have it too much or too warmer some people you know get a little too hot and they aren't able to sleep ideally what you want to do is get in your covers warm up and just the next tip is just to simply wear socks you may find that keeping you may find that initially keeping your room at about 60 to 60 degrees might be a little cold so if you sock up your feet you'll be able to drift off to sleep better and you'll be warmer because not as much heat will be escaping your body and the last tip for this one is quiet your mind sometimes you can have all of the sleep things dialed in but if your mind's still running and running and running you'll still find it difficult to fall asleep and a way to combat that is through meditation through breathing tips you know something to just make your mind not move as fast and a few things that i like to do is first i like to do something called box breathing or something in something in the similar vein so basically so the breathing technique i normally go back to is breathe in for four seconds hold it for five out for six repeat the process in for four hold it for five out for six and when you do that you're putting your body into a parasympathetic state you're helping your body be a little bit more relaxed and you're able to drift off into sleep that much quicker i do the same breathing technique if i happen to be frustrated and i'm trying to 
calm down in a quick manner, I'll do the same breathing technique and it helps your body get into a less stressed out state. The next thing you could do is just some simple meditation. It could be anything from a body scan, a guided meditation via an app, or just thinking about your day, thinking about the good things that happen through the day, throughout the day. Just a simple meditation, anything will do. Uh, I use the Calm app, and my wife likes using the um, Headspace app for a guided meditation. You don't have to do a guided meditation if you like to meditate by yourself. Anyways, that's all of the sleep tips I have for y'all today. And I hope you got a little bit out of it, something actionable that you can take away. Anyways, if you'd like what you've heard, please rate and review and subscribe on your pod- podcast catcher of choice. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, all of those at Thriving on Fat. With that, guys, I'll talk to you Monday. Bye. Now it's on to all the obligatory stuff. Show notes can be found at thrivingonfat.com forward slash podcast. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe on your podcast catcher of choice. And as always, please rate and review on iTunes. You can also visit the website thrivingonfat.com. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at thrivingonfat. And again, thank you for listening to me and talk to you later. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.